Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We're going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. Have you ever felt like the story of you has been created by the narrative of those around you based on their perception and even motives? How others view you is based on their judgment of appearance, what you do for a living, or where you went to school. Basically, you get sized up and then you get spit out with the label and a whole story attached to you about who you are without your input. What's more is that what people think or say about you can direct your future and affect how you think about yourself and it can begin to feel normal to ascribe to their words and expectations. Well, as always, I have an example. My stories and expectations began early in life. I was an artsy kid. I did not fall into the category of being highly academic or hyper-focused on my future, like my friends or schoolmates. I just wanted to roll slow, paint, and sketch, and I figured my future would just get here when it got here. My parents wanted to get me married off to the first Jewish doctor they could find for me so that I would be taken care of. They didn't think I would do it for myself. They would even joke about this by saying an art degree wouldn't get me far and then I would need someone to take care of me. So I believed it. Here's the thing. Once you begin to fall into your story, you can begin to lose yourself. I did. I was confident that I would never be confident to do something on my own. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. How do we recognize the stories when they're happening to us and instead recognize ourselves and be confident in who we are, our purpose and direction? Be sure to listen through to the end of this episode so you can hear my two tips on how to identify your authentic story and give others the same opportunity. My guest today is Judy Hoberman. Judy is president of Judy Hoberman and Associates, a company focused on empowering professional women. She is an award-winning international speaker, best-selling author, trainer, and leading authority on women in leadership. With over three decades in business, she combines wisdom and humor with her behavior-shaping insights impacting audiences of thousands, as well as small groups and individuals through her one-on-one executive coaching and mentoring, and she is often described as transformational. Men and women lead, sell, manage, and recruit differently, and Judy is the master at improving performance and company culture, empowering both genders to better support each other's successes in more productive ways. Judy also works with companies supporting their diversity and women's initiatives in the areas of leadership, recruiting, training, coaching, mentoring, and retention. She was a TEDx speaker talking about pre judging people. She is the author of four books, including Selling in a Skirt and Walking on the Glass Floor. She offers a training program that concentrates on women in leadership and the men who champion them with emphasis on redefining culture. Here's Judy's mission. 
to help one woman a day by following an important philosophy. Women want to be treated equally, not identically. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad that you're here. I am thrilled, and it's going to be a fun day. I can already feel it. I feel it. I, 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 I feel, feel it, it, too. It's a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas, and we're actually not that far apart, which I love. You're not too far mm-hmm. away from, from where I live. So, That's right. But, but as I always do, before we get into the heart of things today, I want to talk about how we know each other, and I'll open with this one. For our listeners, I've been following Judy for two years, maybe three years on LinkedIn because I noticed that she was posting inspirational posts about leadership and confidence and goal setting. And so every morning I wake up and I get a post from Judy. It's like clockwork. So I'm like, okay, this is a sign. And then I get to hear you speak for the Dream Team Network of Dallas and for the Veteran Women's Enterprise Center. And you're always dynamic and you're always inspirational. And I was like, I should probably meet her. So I'm thrilled that you're on the show today with me. Well, I'm excited to be here. And I love when we can figure out like where we both, you know, where people meet each other and how they start out. And it's always, it's always interesting when people say, well, you can't make, uh, have good relationships online. And yet, yes, we can. Yes, Yes, we can. can. Yes, we can. And we've made it happen. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you made an impact on me before we met. So yes, you can. It's totally doable. Well, you've always made an impact on me, Miss Holly. I have to Aww. just say that, you know, yes, because I watch everything that you do and I love everything <laughs> you do. And so it's just, it's a mutual admiration society here. Well, you, you're very nice and apparently you can put up with a lot of my cuss words. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We want to hear about your story today and I know it will be impactful and important, but before we do that, will you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am an executive coach, a sales and leadership trainer. I <clears throat> I do speaking, and that's what I do. I work with empowering professional women and encourage men to um, empower them as well and to be their champions. But about me, I am a wife, a mom, I'm a nana. I just love my family. Nothing comes before my family. That is it. And you know, I just I think on my own. I'm funny. And if you don't, it's okay because I am my own best audience. <laughs> and uh, that's it. But I, I was born in uh, New Jersey, stayed there for a minute, and then we moved to New York. So I am a New Yorker. And then I moved to Connecticut, the Carolinas, and then here I am in Dallas near you. Very good. Very good. And back to you being funny. It's always good if you can laugh at yourself. Even if oh, no one goodness. else is laughing, you're like, eh, screw it. I think I'm funny. Yeah, that's all it's not no. so bad. It's not, what's the big deal? It's, yeah, I'll just laugh right. at myself. That's it's, good. <laughs> it's like enter- entertaining yourself. So <laughs> your story has brought a lot of light to me personally, um, mm-hmm. which I'll get into in the end. But Let's, I want to go with my first question so we can kind of unfold this evolution. And I'm going to start with, when did your first experience of being told what was expected of you as a kid? I know. Okay. So we're going over We're there. jumping right in. Oh. We're jumping right in. <laughs> okay. So the interesting part is that a woman once, a wise woman once told me that if you think back to when you were little four, five, six years old, that you would actually figure out why you do what you do today. So when I was probably five or six, we lived in New York and my brothers were building a hot rod 
and I wanted to watch. And so every time I would watch, my father would come over and he'd pull me by my ponytail and say, girls, don't do this. Girls, don't do this. Go find something else to do. So when he would walk away, I would walk away and then I'd come back. And then he'd come back and he'd pull me away again. But the third time, my brothers were like getting into the whole thing with the hammer and the nails and everything else. And I got down really low to watch them. And guess what happened? So the hammer went into my cheek. And yeah, oh my God. It, hurt. it did. It hurt. Oh my God. Yes. But I knew what was going to be said to me was going to hurt more. And so that's when my father pulled me up out of the ponytail and said, you just waste everybody's time. Your girls don't do this. I keep telling you that. You don't listen. Da, 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 da. And so I realized back then, girls don't do this. And then today, what do I do? I do, girls do do this. So he always told me like what was expected and it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And it actually continued because when I was in high school, when I was graduating, I said I wanted to go to medical school and he rolled his eyes and said, you know, girls don't do that. And then he entered me into a beauty contest. Mm -hmm. And that was the furthest thing from my mind. And plus the fact that, I do not consider myself beautiful. I'm cute. I think I'm cute. I don't think I'm beautiful. And so you, if you enter in a beauty contest, you have to truly believe that you're beautiful. And so he entered me. I unentered myself. He entered me. I unentered myself. And then he said to me, he sat me down. He said, you have to enter. You have to win because all you are is pretty and you'll never amount to anything more than that. So that were the, those were the expectations that I had of myself that he basically, you know, it was almost like, I'm going to blaze this into your brain because you have to remember that all you are is pretty. You're never going to amount to anything else. And, and what did that really do to your confidence? To, it, like there was no, I had no confidence. How do you do, how do you have confidence? And as you grow up and you get older and you're supposed to do something, like what kind of confidence do you have when you, that's what you go back to? Yeah. Cause that's the talk track playing in your head. I'll never be anything but pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people like that, Holly. I have to say, some women are like, well, if your father thought you were beautiful, isn't that great? Yeah, maybe, but there's a lot more to me than that. I mean, that's just me. I know. It, it, it's limiting, though. It kind of makes you think you can only function in this corner, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. So this, this is kind of in the same vein. How did that impact you? And what did you, what did you do? Because like you said, you went back and forth, back and forth, which tells me, which tells me that you're going to fight for what you believe in anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you do? So what I did do is, you know, as I got older and I started to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up and, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm still not quite sure, but, um, <laughs> you know, every time I would do something, like when I started do, being keynote, a keynote speaker, I would have to get on a stage. And before I get on the stage, what do you think popped into my brain? You know, you, you're, why are you doing this? You know, you're never going to amount to anything. So I would have to talk to myself and rewind the tapes. That, that's really what I had to do, because how do you how do you do that? How do you go and try to make an impact and be valuable to somebody when you really feel like nothing, you know, that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and the internal chatter and the head trash and everything else <clears throat> comes back in. And so I, I just, I know I rewound the tapes. I would talk to myself. I'd look in the mirror before I would go someplace where I had to speak or do a training. And I would look in the mirror and just say, you know, you're awesome. You know, you really are awesome. And I'd have to tell myself that. And I had a guy that worked for me. He did all my social media and he would take like little snippets of, you know, little videos that he's done and whatever. And he put together this, you know, maybe it's a minute or two video of who was Judy Hoberman. And I remember like he knew what was going on. And um, I remember him send, saying to me, there's an email coming your way. I want you to watch it right before you walk out the door. 
And it was an email about how people saw me and how they, what they thought of me and all these amazing things. And as I'm telling you this, Holly, like I'm like, I'm welling up because I oh. remember what it, what the impact was on that. I remember thinking, oh, this is why I do what I do. Oh, you know? And so I have that handy when I need it because there's many times when I need it. But the truth of the matter is I, I am awesome. I am. And I have a great message and I just have to make sure that I believe it. Cause if I don't believe it, you're not going to believe it. Right. It's true. It's absolutely true. Um, a couple of things I wanted to go back to some of the things you said just kind of made me interested when you said that you learned to tell yourself, I am good at this. This is, you know, this is what makes me happy. How did you know to change the way you were thinking so you could support yourself? Because I don't know if I could have done that without guidance, you know, without someone telling me, look, you have to have daily affirmations or you have to really um, believe in yourself. Um, I, I, not a hundred percent sure how it first started, but I do remember that when my kids were growing up, I never wanted them to feel less than ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. That's not who I am. That's you know, and I wanted to make sure that they didn't have the same um, recordings in their brain. So when they were little, I remember we used to have an affirmation jar. And every morning oh. before school, they'd each pull one out and they would read it out loud. And that's how they started their day. And so when I was, and, and remember, like I had like buried all of this stuff. I buried yeah. it. And, you know, and then it comes out at the most inopportune times. But I remember thinking like, how am I going to get this story over? How am I going to get this tape to finally end? And so I, that's when I started doing like these affirmations. But I think I told you how I actually told this story for the first time. And it was the most ridiculous way to do it because I did a TED talk on it. Oh, I love it. I mean, how do yes, you, you did. How do, yes, how do you do you a did. TED talk about something you've never talked about before and hope to get through it without like totally breaking down? And so I had to do a lot of preparation for it. I had to keep changing the way I was going to tell the story. And, you know, finally I told it that it wasn't about me. I told it, it was something, somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And once I told the story, I absolutely positively released a good portion of it because I felt myself releasing it. And, right. you know, there's a whole method to the madness there. But I remember feeling like, oh, something just shifted. And when I was done, there were very, you know, there was a group of young female students from one of the high schools. And they came up to me and they said, you know, my father always told me I was too fat. And my father always told me I was ugly. And my oh, father told God. me I was pretty. And, you know, and all the stuff that you're not by yourself. And when you realize that some of the stuff you go through, you're not by yourself. I mean, yep. it's, it's a very powerful um, release. And I don't say I got rid of it because when you get rid of it, it can come back or I lost mm-hmm. it. It came back. I released it. And that, you know, when you release it, you do get rid of it like totally. Um, and once in a while I think about it, but at least when I think about it, I don't burst into tears and not be able to move forward. Right. You're able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to your point, it's helpful to know that someone else is going through it because if you don't know, you can feel isolated and you feel like yeah. it's only it's only you, right? Um, right. 
Well, the audience cheered at the end of your TED Talk. I yes. cheered at the end of your TED Talk, <laughs> and I was alone in my house watching it on YouTube. And I'm like, can anybody see me? This is kind of funny. <laughs> I but, cheered at the end. I'm yes, you cheered. Yes. But that's yeah. the kind of emotion your talk creates because it's relatability and it's wholeness mm-hmm. and it's healing. And yeah. I think a lot of people connect with it. So, yeah. um, and we're going to talk more about this TED Talk. Um, in the end, so our listeners can hear it when they want to. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, I'm going back. I'm going back a little bit. Okay, okay this kind of kept happening through your adult years where people were creating yeah. stories about you. Like, yeah. this is what Judy is. This is what Judy should do. Can you mm-hmm. tell us more about when you had those interactions? Because I've, I've had that happen too. And I didn't realize it, that it was happening until years later. So please tell us about your experience. Well, the the thing is that I, I do believe people would constantly prejudge me. They would look at me and they would think they'd have a story about me. They'd look at mm-hmm. me and they'd have another story about me. And no matter where I was, no matter what I was, somebody would prejudge me. And it just, you know, it got to a point where I'm thinking like, what, what am I giving off? Like, really, what am I giving off that people are always judging me? And at one point I went to a mastermind and the leader of the mastermind was going to, there were about, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 of us. I don't even remember how many, but she was going around the room and she was going to pair you up with a coach. And so if you had questions, you have this, this coach. And as she went around the circle, she skipped me. She just skipped right over me. And, you know, I let a lot of things go by, but you know, when you are investing in yourself, like everybody else, and somebody just totally ignores you. And so I went back and I said, excuse me, was I just voted off the island or something? You know, like you just skipped right over me. And she said, well, you don't need a coach. Look at you. You're all put together. You got it all going on. I'm like, okay, I'm here. But just like everybody else, she said, well, fine. Um, I can be your coach. It'll just cost you $10,000. Like everybody else was free, but mine was $10,000 obnoxious. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And I said, yeah, that's not going to happen. And so she said, fine, you can go with whoever you want. doesn't matter. Cause look at you anyway, you know? So people always looked at me and said, you have it all going on. You must be, you know, really put together. You don't really need anything, you know? And, and in reality, I'm just like everybody else. And I'm just as insecure sometimes as everybody else is. And, and, and I, I would like somebody just one time say to me, you know what, it's going to be okay. Because they just assume that I'm going to be the strong one and yeah. I'm going to take care of everything. And, you know, and it's funny because um, in high school, I did not make cheerleading. Okay. Just let me put it out there. I can't tell you how many <laughs> decades ago and it's still, I'm bitter about it. No, I didn't make, I didn't make cheerleading. And yet everybody thought I was a cheerleader. And one of my friends, uh, a guy friend who is, you know, he's awesome and he's very successful. And on my birthday, he always says, happy birthday to my favorite cheerleader. And I always say to him, you know, I never, I was never a cheerleader. He says, I know you were actually the captain, but you don't like to tell anybody you were the captain. Like I wasn't a cheerleader (laughs) for real. I wasn't a cheerleader, but that was the story that he had in his head and he believed that. And so people have these stories about me and they, they still have these stories about me. Well, you can be part of our group, even if you're not a cheerleader, don't worry, because you really probably were a cheerleader, even though right. you don't say you were, but you probably were. And I'm, I wasn't, I didn't make cheerleading and I'm still bitter about it, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's, it's like those kind of things. They look at me and they go, yeah, you got it all going on. You're awesome. Mm, no, I don't. So, right. I, I've always been prejudged. Let's just put, I've always been prejudged. And the, you know, it, it, it it's, 
it's time for people just to take me at face value because this is me. I, I'm not all those other things. Right. Right. But it's funny how even though you told him, look, dude, mm -hmm. I wasn't a cheerleader. He's like, no, 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 you were. It's like he couldn't change the, his own story. It was what he already because believed. And it's decades was like, in his brain. Decades. decades so in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Judy, I'll get you like some pom-poms, you know. Or yeah, please. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. If it makes him feel better. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, at those times, did you realize that other people were creating their stories around you? They, they were. That, that's what it is. It's just so silly. It is silly. You know, like um, my TED Talk was about, the, the theme of the TED Talk was um, outside the lines. And to me, mm -hmm. for me personally, it just meant that I was, you know, being prejudged and I, I was put into these boxes that people thought of me or whatever. And I remember the day before... <clears throat> there was a dress rehearsal. And so I showed up and first they told me that, you know, you can't wear black because there's a black curtain and there's a black this and there's a black that. And I'm like, yeah, but I wear black and I'll, I'm, I'll be, I'll stand out. I promise. And I wore, you know, these really sparkly, glitzy, blitzy, whatever boots. So I, I didn't stand, I, I didn't blend in. I stood out, but anyway, so I get dressed, I go, go to this thing and it's the dress rehearsal. And one of the other Ted talk speakers comes up to me and she says, why are you here? I'm looking around I'm like, is it me? What? And she said, yeah, why are you here? I said, it's dress rehearsal. She goes, yeah, well, look at you. You don't have to be a dress rehearsal. Just look at you. And I said to her, are you going to hear my talk tomorrow? And she said, yeah. I said, okay. That's, that's all I said. Okay. And uh -huh. when I got through the talk and she heard what I was talking about, about being prejudged and all these other things, when people think that you have it all going on. And she just, she came up to me. She just hugged me. She didn't say anything. She just said, well, basically I didn't, I, I didn't mean anything. That's the right. truth. People don't mean anything, but yet I'm the recipient of the, of the prejudgment. And it's hard. It is hard. It really is. I mean, I like to be dressed up. I do. I like to get dressed up. It doesn't mean I'm less, uh, you know, more or less confident about it, but yeah. So that was, that was when I just thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe it's still happening. It's still yeah. happening. Well, that was a lesson for her. Yeah, it was. You know, you just went, huh, you're going to see my talk tomorrow? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You I got know, you covered. <laughs> I got you covered. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. This is a bigger question. And I know you have the answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do we stop these stories? Meaning, how do we recognize it when it's happening, stop believing them, and believe in ourselves instead? Okay. So that's multi-part. There are a couple yes. of layers to that one. I got that. I got that. But you know what, honestly, Holly, that's a that's a huge undertaking. It really is because you know when it's happening. You know when the, when you hear the story, or mm -hmm. you know when people look at you. You know the story already. You just do. And what I have to do is I just have to make sure I know who I am, and I have to be able to deal with it. And because perception is reality, you have to figure out like how you're showing up. And a perfect example, and this one is really really, this was really tough on me, very tough on me. When I first started speaking, no one, no one, no one, let me say it one more time, no one would talk to me until I came off stage. No one, not one person, nothing. And I couldn't understand this, why nobody would talk to me. Because when I came off stage, they were all over me. Oh my God, you're so awesome. And, and how can we work together and all those kind of great things. But nobody would talk to me beforehand. 
And so I decided that I was going to f- try to figure out how to stop those stories because evidently I'm, I'm putting out a story there that people don't want to talk to me. Maybe I don't know why. So I did like a random survey and I walked up to different people, nobody together. And I just said, can you describe me in three words? If you had to describe me, what would you say? And every single person, many different orders of the words, but the same exact words said that I was um, unapproachable, intimidating, and out of belief. Every oh single person. Every single person. And so, and this one, and I foolishly did it before I got on stage. So Oy. what I had to do was go in my car and be a big girl and start to cry and get it out because oh. it was really very hurtful. And so, you know, and then I fixed myself up and I went in and I spoke and it was awesome. And in the same reaction, we love you, blah, 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 blah. So when I got back, I called my coach and I said, this is what they're saying about me. And she said, well, what did you think they were going to say? I said, I thought they were going to say that I was, you know, friendly and inviting and brought value, it was something. And she said, okay, so what happens when you walk in the door? And I said, nobody talks to me. And she said, do you know why? I said, maybe they don't like me. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I felt like I was five again. And she said, no, the truth of the matter is you're an introvert. And as an introvert, you don't give off the invite, invite vibes. You give off the aloof and too cool and all that kind of vibe because you don't want to talk to anybody unless they talk to you. And I thought, oh, perception is reality. So that's why they have the story about me. They look at me and they say, Ugh, you know, anyway. So the next time I went to do a, a talk, I was wearing this, this pair of boots, the, you know, they're sparkly boots. And this woman comes up to me and she said, where'd you get your boots? I love them. And I had to stop and think, did I already talk? Because somebody's speaking to me. That's, that's really what I thought. Like, did I, did I just imagine that I already talked already? You know, and then another woman came up and then another woman came up. And so I thought, well, this is cool. You know, and so I felt good. And so the next time I wore another pair of boots and same thing happened. And so after that, I thought, well, I am now going to be what they do what the athletes do. I am going to not change, you know, when when athletes are winning, they don't change their shirt. They don't change their underwear. They just keep going. And I thought, well, I'm not changing my boots. So I wore my boots and the same thing happened. So I tell my coach and she said, did they come up to you? I said, yeah. She said, well, that's what happens. They came up to you. And so now you felt okay to, to actually let your guard down. And so after that, I would ask people, what do you think of me? And they would say, oh my God, you're so funny and you're, you know, you're, you're adorable and you're, you're kind and you're inviting and you're all these other things, which I know that's who I am. And so though, when I do that, when I'm, when I'm like that, there's no more stories. So I don't have to believe in them and I don't have to, you know, do anything other than know who I am. And I think that's the answer to that whole multi-choice question here was that I ha- you have to know who you are. And when you're not showing up as who you are, then it's the perception is reality. I was showing up. That's exactly how I was. I was intimidating. I was unapproachable. I was maybe out of someone's league because I just stood there and I looked good. I didn't have to say anything, I guess, you know? And so I had to stop that. I had to just stop it. And so the boots became the icebreaker and now it's part of my brand. It is. It's, it's your signature now, the boots. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's a transformation because, you know, I'm hearing unapproachable, intimidating to funny. Yeah. You know, right? and relatable. Right? Yeah. Completely <laughs> different. That that probably gave you more confidence every time you entered the room because you're like, no, I'm showing up as myself. This is me. That's right. Because that is me. That is me. And I'm not, I'm not unapproachable. I'm not intimidating. I'm none of those things. And it's just hurtful when, you know, like, because you're showing up like that. And that is what people thought. So now- 
they don't think that anymore. Okay. Listeners, are you listening? Show up as yourselves. <laughs> Show up as you. <laughs> and wear some authentic. really good yeah. boots. And wear That's some right. good boots, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I like that because it makes it you, you know? Um, okay. I'm going to go to the other side of this now. Like you're talking about how to address the stories. This is a little bit deeper. On the flip side, what if we as women don't address the stories? How do you think that impacts us and our and and our confidence? Well, it, your confidence, your you know, is going to go right down the tubes because if you don't address what's going on, if you mm-hmm. don't at least ask the question, you're always going to be living in that self doubt, and those limiting beliefs are going to show up, and and you'll get nowhere. I think the hardest part is to actually um, be brave enough to ask the question. Just be brave because when you show up and you ask somebody like who, why would I ever ask somebody what they thought of me if I'm already an introvert and I already feel uncomfortable and I already know that I'm a square peg in a round hole, why would I even ask? Because if I didn't ask, I would be sitting here. Well, I wouldn't be sitting here with you, Holly. I could tell you that because I probably wouldn't continue doing anything in this business. But if, you know, I always ask people's permission if to do something. I always say, can I ask you a question? Can you take a survey? I always do that because I feel like if you ask permission, they're going to at least say yes. Even if they don't do anything afterwards, they at least say yes. And so by asking if you, you know, can you please do me a favor? Of course, what can I do? Can you just describe me in three words? I mean, you know, and they look at you like, what? Like that, you know, just upon first meeting me, how would you describe me? If you don't at least ask a question, like why make, what makes you think of me in that way? You know, if you don't ask the question, you're always going to be on that side of the the wrong side of the way you want to be. You're always going to be wondering, like, what if, if I only, you know, when I do, you know, all those things. And so, you know, for me, it was it was really just taking a deep breath and just going and asking. And that's what worked. Because otherwise, your confidence is not going to be even visible to yourself. Forget about that. But to anybody else, there'll be no confidence. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. It's so, so true. So what I'm hearing is that you need to be willing to uncover it. Yeah. Be willing to uncover it. You you have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable, right? Oh, girl, I'm uncomfortable every day. (laughs) I live in discomfort every day, every day. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. a whole other podcast on being for growth, but. Yes, you're right. You got to get uncomfortable. You've given us a lot of great advice. You've told us some mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful stories. And so before we go, what advice do you have for other women who are facing the same issues? You know, I always say that you have to have someone in your circle that you truly, completely trust. Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be times when, I, you know, I mean, I know like going through some different things in my life, I would call my best friend and I would just say to her, you don't have to listen, just put the phone down just so I know that you're on the other end. So you have to find somebody that you can at least bear your soul with. And you should always, 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 always have a coach, have a coach, Love that somebody message. that is complete, <laughs> someone that's completely objective. Okay. Your best friend is going to be the one that you can bear your soul to. The coach is going to be someone that's going to say, okay, get over it. Just get over it and let's hear, let, I'm going to tell you how to get over it. I always have two coaches and it's always one male, one female. 
I need both perspectives because I talk to women all the time and I need to know how men are thinking about the same subjects. So I always have a male and a female. And not too long ago, I was invited to speak on a big conference and I immediately said yes. And then I looked to see who else was speaking and I froze in my tracks. All this nonsense came up again in my head. Who do you think you are? You're not at the league and all this nonsense. So I called my coach and I told her what happened. And she said, okay, so how are you feeling? And you know, what do you think you should do? And I think you should, she told me, I think you should do this. You have a great message, blah, 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 blah. You know, she told me all the things that I needed to hear. And then I called him and I said, here's what happened. And he said, really? And, and I said, can I just tell you who's on the, the scoreboard here? And he said, okay, hold on a second. Did they ask you or did you ask them? I said, they asked me. He said, uh, done, period, end of conversation. He said, get yourself in there. You have a great message. You will, you'll be awesome. And just stop it. Just stop it. Put that, put that tape back and, you know, get rid of it. Un- rewind it, do whatever you have to do, but stop because this is just silliness. So he, she, they said the same thing in two different ways. And I did that, you know, I did speak and it was awesome. So get a coach. Yeah, but I love it because there are two ways to look at it. I mean, yeah. there are two ways to, to break it down. And I love how, how direct he was. Did you ask yeah. them? No. Well done. They asked you. So <laughs> yeah. do it. Stop. End of story. guessing yourself. Yeah. You're like, all That's right. 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 So, um, Judy, how can people get in touch with you for speaking events to get to know you better or just to get connected with you personally or for coaching? Well, thank you for asking. Of so course. my company is selling, selling in a skirt. So my email is Judy at selling in a skirt. My website is selling in a skirt, um, social media, most places I'm selling in a skirt, except for LinkedIn, where I, you know, I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and it's Judy Hoberman. So it's, you know, it's either one or the other. Um, but I would love to answer any questions or if you need advice or just to say hi, just say hi. Cause I answer all my emails and everything else. Nobody does them for me. Cause I just like it to be personal. I agree. And what is the name of your mm-hmm. Ted talk? How can they find you to listen? My Ted talk, talk is, well, yes. my, it's called the, your, the greatest missed opportunity and it's Judy Hoberman. And, um, when we're connected, it's usually in one of the, it's on my website. It's in my email. It's everywhere. So your greatest missed opportunity, because that's what it is. If you prejudge somebody, it's the biggest, the greatest missed opportunity you could have. Well said, and a great lesson for all of us, Judy. Judy, thank Thank you you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. And I know your story has been helpful and has inspired so many people. Well, thank you. And I'm glad that we are stalkers. Yes, me too, girlfriend. Me too. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. I want to leave you today with some parting tips. But before I do, I'll tell you that I did not get that art degree, nor did I marry a doctor like what was expected. I was able to change my story, which scared the storytellers for a long time. I went in a different direction on my own, and that was the right thing for me. Later in life, I experienced more storytelling in the workplace, but I'll save that for another episode. So here are my tips. First one, believe in yourself. If a situation or experience feels off personally or professionally, be sure to get a gut check and be vocal about it. As I mentioned in my book, Surviving the Dick Click, you can't let the narrative of others take the place of you. You create it and you keep it. Secondly, don't be so quick to judge others. 
You may see others doing so because we live in a very judgmental world. Do the best you can to look at others objectively, fairly, and positively. This will open you up to trusting relationships and you will attract others who will do the same for you. Those are my parting words today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until our next episode of Talking Confidence. Thank you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollycaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.